0: Welcome to the second episode of the Lux Podcast. In this episode, we'll be going over a brief overview of ALS, or Amyotrophic Lateral Sclerosis. It is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, after the famous baseball player that had it. ALS affects about 5 in 100,000 people in most Western countries, and is found more commonly in men than in women. It is a neurodegenerative disease that affects muscles all over the body, and its peak onset is in people between the ages of 55 and 75.
1: ALS usually starts off with difficulties in swallowing and speaking. Muscles may start cramping and there might be some decrease in body mass. Often symptoms are limited to a specific region of the body. Slowly over time other functions that require skeletal muscles start becoming more and more difficult. Some muscles may start weakening and eventually become paralyzed. Muscles may start contracting which causes joint pain and stiffness. Eating becomes hazardous with an increased chance of choking and breathing problems may arise requiring respiratory assistance. In late stages, mobility is severely limited and it may not be possible to eat or talk. Patients with ALS may also experience the pseudo bulbar effect, which is characterized by sudden episodes of crying or laughing. Difficulty in eating may also cause malnutrition, and living with a terminal illness may negatively impact their mental health. Pneumonia, pulmonary embolisms, and cardiac arrhythmias are some more complications that can happen to patients with ALS. ALS is typically diagnosed based on a review of signs and symptoms, coupled with tests to rule out other potential diseases that may be causing these symptoms. Presence of symptoms having to do with both upper and lower motor neurons is typically an indication of potential ALS. Death is expected to occur around 5 years after diagnosis due to respiratory failure.
2: The symptoms of ALS were known long before the term ALS was actually coined. The first person to write its symptoms was Charles Bell in 1824. At the time, many people living with similar diseases were misdiagnosed and not treated properly due to a poor understanding of chronic neurological and rheumatic conditions. Jean-Martin Charcot decided to take a crack at this. Providing direct care to thousands of patients at a hospice in Paris, he began to evaluate their illnesses and started doing his own research. He developed the anatomical clinical method for diagnosing diseases, which combined clinical records with post-mortem analysis of the body. This method led to the diagnosis and identification of many other diseases, including multiple sclerosis and Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. Charcot took part in identifying and categorizing more neurological diseases than any other clinician that came before or after him. The diagnosis and identification of ALS has to do with studies that are co-conducted from 1865 to 1869. He found that while lesions in both the ventral horn and the lateral spinal column both led to paralysis, the former led to muscle atrophy but no contractures, while the latter caused contractures but no atrophy. This was the one identified as ALS. This suggested that the motor component of the spinal cord consisted of two parts, each with a different clinical presentation of lesions. A famous modern example of someone with ALS is Stephen Hawking, a prominent individual in the history of astrophysics and the ALS community. Just shy of his 21st birthday, Hawking was diagnosed with ALS with a prognosis of two years. Despite the obstacles, Hawking continued his work in physics with the support of his wife, Jane Wilde. He published many notable works and received many awards for his academic achievements. Hawking used augmentative and alternative communication, also known as AAC, which can be grossly simplified to be a switch to control software on a computer to enable him to speak. Hawking was a patron for the Motor Neuron Disease Association, encouraging the world to find solutions and improve technology to meet the needs of AAC users.
1: ALS affects anterior horn cells in the anterior and lateral columns of the spinal cord. First, the anterior horn cells in question atrophy, essentially dying. Then, they are replaced by fibrous astrocytes, which are star-shaped cells usually found only in nerve fibers of the white matter of the central nervous system. This causes the spinal column to become hardened, which contributes to the loss of signaling and gradual paralysis of functions that those neurons were previously responsible for. Generally, large neurons are affected earlier than smaller ones, further contributing to the gradual proliferation of symptoms. Atrophy can also present within the brain in the motor and premotor cortex, and peripheral nerves can later become degraded and demyelinated, losing the fatty myelin sheath that allows nerve signals to travel quickly through axons. These two factors also contribute greatly to loss of innervation in skeletal muscle, which leads to paralysis and muscular atrophy. Oftentimes, there is already a great deal of nerve damage done before symptoms arise. Muscle atrophy doesn't show up as a symptom until an estimated one-third of the motor neurons are completely destroyed. This may also be why symptoms generally arise later in life for those affected. In terms of the causes and etiology of the disease, there is no single definitive answer, though there are some theories and identified risk factors. Some ideas include inherited genes, autoimmune disorders, viral infections, and neurotoxicity. Neurotoxicity theories are numerous, but the most well known ones include that there is an excessive amount of glutamate and calcium entering neurons, which can damage cell metabolism. Other causes could be oxidative processes that lead to the production of hydroxyl radicals or even just exogenous ingested neurotoxins. As of today, there is no known cure for ALS. However, some treatment strategies that have been employed uh, have been employed, mostly in the form of therapeutic drugs. Currently, there are only two FDA-approved drugs. In 1995, riliazole, a glutamate antagonist, was approved as a drug for ALS. It was shown to extend life by an average of six to seven months, and slightly reduce the rate of muscle deterioration. However, it also had many issues, including some side effects such as increased spasticity and lack of energy, and a decrease in effectiveness after a year of treatment. Adaravone is the other FDA-approved drugs. It is an antioxidant that helps reduce oxidative stress within cells by neutralizing hydroxyl radical groups, thereby reducing the rate of cell atrophy. However, the potential benefits of this drug are even more dubious, with some studies showing no significant benefit and others demonstrating benefit only to patients with ALS that have relatively mild, mild symptoms compared to others.
0: Loss of innervation in skeletal muscles leads to difficulty in speaking. 80 to 95 percent of ALS patients have a disorder called dysarthria, which limits their ability to communicate well. However, loss of speech does not mean loss of hearing. When communicating with a patient of ALS, there's no need to talk louder or speak any differently than how you'd speak to anyone else. Try to also remember that although their body is changing and unable to function as well as before, their personality is still the same. Their preferences in food, tastes and jokes, and their ability to process information is no different than before. With advances in technology, devices have been made to allow for easier communication. High-tech augmentative and alternative communication devices, or HTAAC devices, increase the quality of care and life for patients that are able to afford them. They usually consist of some tablet-like object which minimize the amount of movement required to input information. Some devices use eye tracking to help the patient communicate with loved ones, access the internet, and receive medical care. Some systems of alternative communication don't require technology at all, instead relying on signs, props, or gestures. With improved accessibility to HTAACs and treatment options, the quality of life is increasing every day for patients with ALS. When diagnosed with ALS, it can often feel like a life has been snatched away. With more research and improved care, hopefully one day we can reach a place where this condition is no longer life-altering.